you always have this, you know, people are naturally talented and good genetics and stuff, you know, but in my experience, those are the ones that fall off the wagon the easiest. Yo Gorillas, welcome to the Athlete Insider Podcast by Gornation. My name is Phil and today's guest is somebody who was often requested in the comments, the Norwegian mover and uh, yeah, somebody who often shocks the calisthenics scene, the hand balancing scene with uh, some really, really uh, impressive skills in hand balancing and calisthenics. I'm really happy to welcome you to the show, Sandra Burke. Thank you, Philip. It's an honor to get invited and uh, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. Um, you're like uh, really, let's let's say, a different athlete, a uh, really versatile athlete. You seem to combine a lot of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to look a little bit deeper in your head into your workout advice, workout schedule, etc. Um, to kick off, who is Sondre? How do you present yourself? Uh, well, um, I uh, have been doing... Um, calisthenics, street workout, movement, you name it, for about nine years now. Wow. Um, so it's been a while. Uh, it's <laughs> been a journey, yeah. Um, and uh, in the beginning, um, I didn't really realize that it, that it was a thing. You know, I've been, I was lifting some weights, you know, being an average gym goer, nothing special for a few years, just because I wanted to pack on some muscles and stuff, you know the regular uh, <laughs> thing. And I mean, at some point I just got demotivated. It wasn't really any fun. And I remember watching YouTube videos of people doing like human flags and muscle ups and stuff. And I was like, I got to learn this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, from there, it just kept on rolling. I was like, I started just wanting to do like a, a human flag was my main goal because I think it looked so cool and a handstand push up. That was like my main two goals in the beginning. And then, uh, I had to learn a handstand in order to do a handstand push up, you know, and then I learned a human flag and then muscle up. And I didn't really realize that it was a thing until I met some other people doing the stuff and they were like, yeah, yeah, we're doing street workout. And I was like, street workout. What, what the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, from there I, I was just totally hooked and it was everything, all that I was doing. Um, and um, at some point I started competing and within three or four years, I think I won the nationals and then in some, at some international competitions in Hong Kong, in uh, Beijing for the super finals in 2015 or 16, I think. I don't remember. Uh, but lately, though, I haven't really been competing and doing street workout that much uh, because at some point I sort of lost the joy of training for competitions because there were so many other things that I wanted to learn and focus on. So I sort of felt like distracted from my own goals when I had to prepare for competitions. So uh, I sort of moved a bit away from the street workout scene, so to say, and getting more into like movement and hand balancing and still doing a lot of body weight strength training, but sort of combining it and trying to be creative and um, yeah, just exploring my own thing, you know? Um, 
so yeah that was basically my my story with movement <laughs> but, well um, nine years in the game uh like nine years of movement i i think i could have expected it um because uh, your your performances are really insane uh like i watched your your last posts uh like insane stuff for example i don't know the what was it nine uh handstands clapping push-ups uh like this is stuff yeah. that is really really impressive and um how how old are you right now i'm 29 29 so you started with 20s so not even like as a as a kid or something no no i was uh before that i was yeah i, I mentioned i had like a few years of being a couple of years three years maybe of just being like a an average gym goer just mm -hmm. going to the gym every now and then lifting some weights but nothing really special there uh but from i guess i was 10 years old i was a skater kid Uh, I mean, I was competing in skateboarding and skateboarding was like my whole life up until I started university, more or less. Uh, and I started struggling with injuries and stuff and sort of needed a, a new uh, addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somehow I stumbled upon this uh, movement, street workout uh, things. Yeah, and, and the ball just kept rolling in. Yeah, it always, sort of got... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it was sort of my new skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, because I see a lot of people are switching from skateboarding to street workout um, because it's not only a sport, I guess. I didn't skate myself, but it seems like it, you, you switch from really a, a lifestyle, uh, something that you do in your free time and not it's not workout, workout, but it's like a lifestyle. It's uh, how you spend yeah. your time with friends, etc. Yeah, it's, it's, it's much more than just working out. Yes, indeed. Okay, um, right now, 29 years old, uh, coming to the hard facts, how heavy and how tall are you? I'm 179 centimeters and usually around 80 kilos. So between 78 and 82, uh, depending on uh, the, on the <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, like now I'm pretty heavy. Now I'm, uh, now I'm almost 82. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of family dinners and a lot of <laughs> nice food and <laughs> yeah, some beer and, you know, uh, but it's how it is. <laughs> and you don't feel your uh, performance dropping, right? Because the posts in the last day, they are like uh, from, from now. Oh, yeah, they're from now. But obviously, when I am a bit heavier, some of the moves uh, are noticeably uh, more difficult, like uh, planches and, uh, and one-arm pull-ups. Uh, those are probably the moves I notice it the most on. Okay. Uh, but I know that uh, when New Year's is over and I'm back at, uh, back at it, it's um, going to drop down pretty quickly again. So I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Good. So it's, uh, it's sort of like putting on a four kilo weight vest for yes, a, for, for a free month or so, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, can you take us with uh, like nine years ago? Uh, you started with calisthenics with a street workout. Uh, you had like three years of uh, basic strength training in the gym. Um, how did your beginning in street workout when uh, go? Um, did it go easy? Were you already able to do some pull-ups? Um, how was the beginning? Well, for me, uh, pulling exercises has always been like a weak spot. Uh, I remember. Uh, Pushing strength has always sort of come rather easy or 
easier to me. Mm -hmm. We all have our strengths, right? So I remember struggling with pull-ups like uh, when I was younger and we were having like physical education and stuff and I couldn't even do a pull-up. So I remember struggling hard with the pulling part. And uh, after starting with uh, calisthenics, it took me about a year to achieve a muscle-up. Well, it took me six months to do a freestanding handstand push-up. Wow. Um, so, um, like I said, we're all different and some people, they take like front levers and muscle ups and one arm pull ups. It's rather easy for them to achieve. Uh, and some people struggle with handstand push ups. you know, for me, uh, that sort of road has been uh, a lot easier, but, um, I'm still struggling hard with the pulling exercises. I mean, I did my first, uh, proper full front lever this year after nine years Uh, yeah i'm not kidding (laughs) wow so it's obviously about a lot of things like what you're predisposed for like genetically and also like the uh, mechanical advantages of your body type so i have rather short arms making pushing easier because i have not have i don't have that long uh, of a way to go in my pushing because my arms are a bit shorter but then in front levers and planches i need to have a much steeper angle uh, making the muscles much more weak in the position so they're more difficult and in addition to this um, pulling strength has like always uh, been super difficult for me even though i've been working as hard with them always working on my weak spot obviously but yeah Okay. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting part because um, I, I, I before you said uh, that with your genetics, etc., I wanted to prepare the question that um, if, if it's uh, something genetical, is it something that you can influence? Is it something that changes in your life? But it really depends on the mechanics and the, on the biomechanics, I guess. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And you're like, you seem like a really scientific guy. It's like uh, somebody who is really uh, like structured, etc. Um, so that's something that you analyzed yourself or how did you get to this conclusion? Well, I I, uh, do a lot of reading, obviously, and I also have, uh, I'm uh, I'm, an engineer, Mm -hmm. um, electrical engineer, but (laughs) uh, we we know our basic physics. So Mm -hmm. some some things, even though I'm not a specialist in biomechanics, you know, uh, some things uh, can be deduced rather simple with uh, regular mechanical physics, you know. and obviously doing a lot of reading um but um uh it goes without saying that anyone can do most things some people need to work harder on some things while other take other things easier that's how it is uh but uh, it's not like uh it's an excuse uh, i mean i could have given up front lever after four years of not attaining it but i didn't and some people might say it's not worth it, but um, yeah, for me, it's uh, important to sort of prove that I uh, I can do it, even though I have to spend 10 years. <laughs> yeah, crazy. But it's an impressive story because, um, yeah, as you said, like a lot of people would give up uh, after a few years of not attaining it. And like you're like having really good results in the pushing movements and handstand, etc. Um, yeah. 
take us um, to the time that you prepared for your competitions and uh, that you took uh, part in your first competitions, um, maybe also in combination with your, uh, let's call it weakness and in, in pulling strength. Um, how, how did they go, the, the competitions? How was that? My first time in the nationals, uh, I think I got fifth place. Um, but I mean, street workout wasn't really big in Norway. It's still not very big, but uh, it's growing uh, mm -hmm. like it is worldwide. Um, and um, I just remember uh, being so stoked about meeting so many uh, people, like training the same and competition was more about just meeting people and getting inspired and stuff like this. And that's sort of what drove me for to do competitions uh, in the, in those three years that I, I think three or four years that I was actively competing. Um, and like you said, obviously I had some weak spots, but everyone has their weak spots. So uh, I tried to focus on uh, elevating my weaknesses Uh, but still focusing on my strength, you know, I wanted to show off my style and what I was good for. Uh, and then um, I was just trying to be like average, uh, struggling to, to be average in, in the parts that I was struggling with. So, okay. yeah, I was never much of a, never that good at doing like high bar freestyling mm -hmm. uh, either. Uh, so instead I compensated with developing like sort of like a, a freestyle uh, thing on the ground, like doing flips to handstand stuff and um, sort of uh, compensating for not being that good in the bars. <laughs> and okay. I could do some pretty cool free freestyle stuff on P bars as well. Um, and then I, I just had to learn like 360 and uh, some basic stuff just to sort of just to do it. <laughs> uh, but that was ultimately what drove me away from competing as well, though, because I felt that I had to do a lot of things that I wasn't really enjoying um, when I was preparing for competitions. So that was also very ambivalent in that I loved going to competitions, meeting a lot of people and just having a good time, you know, but uh, at the same time, I sort of started branching out and going my own directions. And I didn't really have time to focus on what's needed in order to perform good in these competitions. Okay. Yeah, I can well imagine because uh, today's competitions are like built to for for uh, most competitions are built for complete athletes. So those uh, who like combine uh, dynamics with aesthetics um, and um, yeah, it's it's hard to um, because I, when I watch your social media, you're like really focusing on the on the hand balancing on the uh, on the pushing part, etc. Um, and then I can imagine that it's hard um, to develop and to not get i don't know uh, distracted uh, from from having to focus on the competition's rules and not on your on your goals on your personal personal goals yeah and and also i've i've like gotten so much inspiration from other sort of movement scenes like um doing these acrobatic moves and 
some capoeira stuff or even break dancing and um, a lot of hand balancing stuff, like you said. Uh, so I, I really like exploring these uh, different paths and sort of um, going with the flow there. What what athletes uh, do you follow uh, to get some inspiration for your next moves, etc.? Well, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> and mostly now it's uh, athletes doing... Uh, completely different stuff like even some people doing contemporary dance and some people doing tricking and um, stuff like this and but um, I like one of my main source of inspirations from this sort of time where I was sort of developing my my style uh, was you know Psy Monster right yes <laughs> yeah Simonara is yes. uh, he's got such a clean uh, style, sort of a blend between uh, calisthenics and break dancing, and he's doing a lot of crazy stuff. Um, so um, he was he has definitely been a huge inspiration of mine. Um, um, but uh, now I I take in everything I get from different. <laughs> different places okay um, yeah because like you seem really open-minded for a lot of stuff um because you're not uh like as i said not too much focused on the competition's rules but really taking some stuff from tricking taking some stuff from breakdance from hand balancing and um yeah creating your own style which you which you sum up in movement i guess um so um yeah um take us in your workout schedule for the week um if you want to combine so much stuff and if you have like so many <laughs> things to work on how do you put everything in one week uh well i usually divide between play sessions and strength sessions uh and sometimes mobility and hand balancing sessions as well Uh, so um, often I do two workouts a day. Um, I'm doing a PhD, so I sort of have to be at the office like eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. But usually I, I take like uh, an hour uh, lunch break where I go uh, do an hour of mobility and handstanding um, at the gym right next to the university. Mm -hmm. And then... I usually have a workout in the evening. Um, so five, yeah, five or six times a week, that would be like proper strength workout, focusing on my main strength goals, you know, training for planches, front levers, uh, handstand push-up variations, um, and, uh, and stuff like this. Um, and then uh, sometimes I go to like a gymnastic gym to do some tricking or, acrobatic stuff and practice um, practice my acrobatics in a safe environment mm -hmm. <laughs> and usually I have a tour yeah a couple of times a week with climbing as well because I'm uh, I'm really happy to uh, be climbing as well wow. and I mean I mean you get pretty strong uh, from doing climbing and bouldering as well yeah uh, so it's sort of complementary and It's also a way of uh, moving. Uh, 
in the in the walls obviously but uh, <laughs> so much fun that's true it's it always um impresses me when i like watch uh the ninja warrior stuff um where the the climbers and the boulderers are really the ones uh who are like uh having it so easy with uh, some obstacles where like calisthenics yeah. athletes or uh, i don't know what other sports like have it really really difficult but all this um grip strength hand strength um but also like the scapula stuff um that's really impressive for for that um crazy so you sacrifice your lunch uh for for a workout <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, obviously I eat also though, but uh, <laughs> instead of sitting down and eating for half an hour, I, I maybe uh, throw down a couple of boiled eggs and uh, uh, go uh, do some handstanding instead. <laughs> wow. Yeah, impressive. Um, so, um, yeah, the re results that you have, um, like, um, it, it's really impressive to see. And what do you think is your secret? Uh, is it, is it your genetics? Is it your discipline? Is it your nutrition? Is it your, um, workout approach, scientific workout, uh, schedule, etc.? What is it that makes you this strong? I would go with consistency. And obviously smart training, motivation and uh, having fun. Like uh, obviously when you're doing a hard strength workout, it's not always fun. Uh, but uh, what you achieve in the long term uh, is a lot of fun and what you can do with this strength. So I think for me to stay motivated, that has sort of been the secret uh, to focus on using this strength to do something uh, that I, I think is a lot of fun and um, to use it to do other things than just doing, for example, if I'm training handstand push-ups, uh, I can use handstand push-ups in being creative in my movement uh, on other in other sorts of moves and sort of seeing a relationship between me building a stronger body and being able to move differently. And uh, my sort of always, my ultimate goal has sort of been to, to just be able to do whatever I want with my body. If you know what I'm saying, I want to like see somebody do something and I'm like, I can do that. I just need a couple of weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. to get the technique right or just when I'm laying in in my bed just daydreaming and just some moves pop up into my head and I'm like yeah I can do that <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm saying yeah so you want yeah. to prepare your body for for the stuff that you want to do like um to be a really yeah. versatile uh yeah um and to be able to do a lot of stuff at the same time yeah Because maybe that's also something that um, drove you away from from fitness training. Because um, I feel that uh, yeah, fitness training. A lot of people are going away from it because it's quite monotone and you do the same thing the whole time. But it also yeah. often you feel that it's strength that you can't really use in in, in daily life or uh, that doesn't really support you in achieving yeah, your well, goals. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not to say that all of that is inferior it's just that for me 
uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that as long as people are active and do something they think is fun or that they can stay motivated, then it's perfect. Um, we all have different goals, right? So, mm. um, yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of people who just hasn't found their thing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people, they don't exercise because they think it's boring. Mm-hmm. But there are 10,000 different way of exercising. Yeah. Uh, I mean, doing team sports or doing fitness or doing parkour or dancing. I mean, everyone uh, will, everyone think thinks exercising is fun. They just haven't found their sort of way yet. So uh, I think it's important to explore. Yeah, because that's really already a takeaway for me. Um, a lot of athletes say that um, you need discipline, and I think it's true. But um, you can also support discipline or um, support your body being able to show more discipline if you just have fun during your workout. And for example, yeah. if you would have stuck with your um, professional calisthenics career, like competing and learning dynamics, learning uh, front lever pull-ups, whatever, um, you would need a lot of discipline because your body doesn't, you, you don't feel like it's, it's the best thing for you. But if you sec- uh, exchange like discipline a little bit for fun, um, that you, uh, you do whatever you want to do, um, I think you need, you need less discipline. You need less willpower yeah. because you like to go to workout. Yeah, I think it's important to find like a sweet spot and a balance um, that um, makes you motivated and uh, in in continuing. Yeah, in, in the long term, those that uh, get good are those that stick with it for a long time. Mm. Uh, and you always have this, you know, people are naturally talented and good genetics and stuff you know but in my uh, experience uh, those are the ones that uh, fall off the wagon uh, the easiest because when they when they're going gets tough uh, they're not used to working hard uh, and for them it gets boring because they actually have to put in a lot of hard work to get at a certain level so they like reach like a like an advanced level super fast And then they're like, uh, they they realize that in order to get better, they have to put in so much work, and that's not something they're used to. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, those that get far are the ones that um, are able to keep motivated and push push themselves. True. Um, yeah, there are a lot of listeners, I guess, who are interested in uh, your handstand secrets, let's call them. Um, and you also made a, made a course about it. Uh, do you want to um, yeah, take us um, maybe a little bit uh, in detail um, what people can improve in their handstand and maybe also in combination with your handstand course um, that you uh, yeah, have on your website, etc., um, that people can, can uh, check out to, to learn more from you? Yeah, well, uh, I guess my approach to hand balancing is uh, a bit different uh, because um, 
obviously to get a perfect handstand, handstand there's so many things that needs to be in place right you have uh, you need the strength you need uh, mobility and balance and technique and all this stuff you know but um, I think people generally or not everyone but a lot of people they tend to overthink it and uh, focus on um, for example the perfect form way too soon in their journey um, and obviously uh, <laughs> A lot of people will decapitate me for saying this, um, but I'm not saying that a good form is not important because it is, uh, especially if you want to take your handstands and your hand balancing to uh, to a high level at some point. But uh, what people also need to realize is that um, there are some uh, limits regarding mobility, especially. Uh, shoulder mobility, for example, that can take a year or even more to achieve the mobility needed to do a perfect handstand. So um, it's basically impossible to do a perfect handstand without this mobility, right? So there's not really any point in trying to enter a perfect position if your body's not capable of it. So you obviously need to work on this mobility on the side uh, but um, focusing on actually getting comfortable upside down, learning to balance and just uh, being in the position and getting uh, getting really good at balancing, that should be like the main priority. And obviously uh, focusing on mobility and all of this stuff on the side and then applying it to your handstand uh, once uh, your handstand is stable enough to think of more than just balancing. Because, uh, you know, if, you, if you're already struggling to balance for five to ten seconds, that's, uh, I mean, your, your, your brain is working at 100 CPU just to, <laughs> just to stay there. Yeah. And if you're trying to introduce, like, uh, like uh, tilt, pel tilt your pelvis and people talk about, stomach in and all of this stuff if you're trying to implement this into uh, your handstand when you're already at 100 cpu uh, <laughs> doing your balancing you're not going to get much out of it so um i think that's generally a problem um because it is important and you need to work on it but there's no point in trying to do something your body's not capable of mm -hmm. and sort of punishing yourself uh, like oh my form is so shit i need to do this i need to do this so everything you're thinking about when you're handstanding is doing something that you're not really uh, <laughs> mechanically capable of because you lack the mobility so uh, do your handstanding learn to balance focus on on that stuff and then on the side you work on mobility so that you can eventually be able to enter this uh, perfect handstand position. And also a lot of people tend to uh, be a bit uh, egocentric in their training because when they can balance a handstand for five seconds, they never use the wall again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the wall is your friend. That's where you should do your uh, mobility or not your mobility, but your form yeah. correcting exercises. That's where you learn to enter 
a, a good form handstand. Uh, and then you, you, you implement that into your freestanding handstand. When your freestanding handstand is, is good enough for you to be thinking of more than just keeping balance. It's totally relatable. Um, I see a lot of people um, because like a lot of coaches, etc., cetera, are um, yeah, uh, telling you have the Hansen has to be perfect. And this is the way how it's perfect. Uh, like even yeah. the head, uh, the head on the chest, like really advanced, advanced, advanced. Uh, stuff. Uh, that's, a, that's, a verse, that's a verse tip ever given to anyone. And it's from gymnastics mm -hmm. and they teach the kid this. Kids this because kids have a tendency to flare their head out when they're looking down. Mm -hmm. uh, but never ever should you learn a handstand uh, looking anywhere else than between your hands in the ground. Okay, so not even the, uh, the head straight. Oh, well, you, you could at some point focus on tucking in your head a bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you're looking in between your hands, between your thumbs more or less, Uh, your head won't be flaring that much out. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you just look at that spot, then you shouldn't think too much about your head. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, um, because looking like straight backwards or upwards, that's like an advanced hand balancing skill. Yeah. And you shouldn't be even thinking about chasing it before you can do like 30, 60 seconds of a regular handstand. Yeah. And it will have no mechanical advantage either. <laughs> okay. It just sort of feels easier to enter a good form in that position. But yeah. Okay. The th question that maybe some people have in their heads now, um, aren't you afraid of uh, like uh, injuries uh, when you first practice not the perfect form? What can you tell uh, to, to these people or to these doubts? Uh, well, handstand-related injuries, in my experience, I mean, I've been coaching people from scratch for five years, uh, at least a couple hundred people. Uh, and in my opinion, handstand-related injuries are almost always in the wrists. Um, and you won't get more... Uh, tension on your wrist from doing a not perfect formed handstand. I mean, some people I've heard saying that if you have an arched back, then uh, you will get a back injury. But uh, just to illustrate, I can stand like this for three minutes and it's not really hurting my body, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you won't get a lot of tension on your back from a not good formed handstand. Uh, so um, the most important thing in preventing handstand injuries is strengthening your wrists, uh, which a lot of people tend to uh, overlook. Mm -hmm. So well, from the beginning, from my first years even, I remember doing a lot of research uh, because I always do that when approaching new uh, moves. Um, so I probably looked through all of the handstand material available at that time. <laughs> um, and I, at that time, I started doing wrist strengthening exercises. 
And I have never had any wrist problems whatsoever. And I always teach this to, to all of the people I teach handstanding to. Um, general wrist conditioning is the best thing you do to prevent handstand injuries. And yeah. you need to stick to it, stick to it. Yeah. And you need to also ensure progress and uh, progressively increase the load uh, on your wrists as well so that they actually get stronger. I mean, you can do the same thing for 10 years without getting stronger if you don't apply more pressure uh, along the way. True. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, what, what role do basics play in this, like uh, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, etc.? Well, having strong uh, shoulders and a strong core is, um, is a big advantage um, because you can get away with uh, not having a perfect form because you're strong enough to, to hold it. Some people would say that this is the wrong way of looking at it, but um, I, I, think, I think not. Because um, for me, um, that has also been like a thing because I've always been quite strong. So for me to enter a new position, I can get away with not doing the technique perfect. Uh, because I'm strong enough to to sort of cheat my way into the position. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once I'm able to hold this position, I can focus on perfecting the form and making it efficient, uh, which is much easier if you're already able to enter the position, uh, right? Yeah. So um, obviously I'm not, uh, I, I think good form and technique is very important, but uh, I don't think it comes first. Uh, it comes second, uh, not just because uh, it's sometimes uh, easier to approach it in this way, but also because um, motivation is a big factor. I mean, you can, you can spend one year preparing your body so that you eventually will be able to enter a perfect handstand form or you can learn to handstand imperfectly uh, within a few months and then spend the next uh, nine months uh, doing handstands and having fun while uh, developing this handstand into a perfect handstand, if you, if you get the, the idea. Yeah, makes sense. So do you still uh, do basics in your workouts today? Well, what's basics anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. like, like regular push-ups, dips, pull-ups. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't. Why? Uh, well, I can do them for warm up, mm -hmm. uh, but I, uh, I don't f think it's any fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, at some point when you can, for example, push-ups, um, If you can do like 50, 60, 70 push-ups, um, for me, it doesn't make any sense towards my goals because mm -hmm. I want to get, I want to get strong. I want to focus on maximum strength. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always develop all of my moves, um, in a way that makes them more and more difficult, progressively more difficult so that I'm always, and I also, I also never liked repping. Okay. 
Um, I like uh, working maximum strength um, and not too much repping. Uh, also because I don't want to, I try not to focus too much on uh, hypertrophy training uh, because getting big is uh, not really an advantage um, in, in this game. Uh, it's better to focus on strengthening um, uh, strengthening your muscles, uh, your ligaments, your joints, your uh, nervous system, and focusing on uh, pure strength. At least that's uh, what I think is uh, fun and motivating. But okay. uh, obviously, um, if you if a lot of people want uh, to focus on packing on muscle and stuff and if that's the case, then then doing basics and higher rep schemes, schemes and uh, focusing on uh, hypertrophy training does make a lot of sense. Okay, cool. Um, also, a role in your um, career as an as an athlete, uh, I think, plays your nutrition. Um, so maybe let's go a few weeks uh, before before Christmas. Now, um, what do you what do you usually eat, and how do you how is your nutrition? Well, through my uh, years of being an athlete, I've experimented with a lot of things. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing low carb, I've been doing no carb, I've been doing slow carb, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing high carb, high oh. protein, you know, I've been trying all of this stuff, uh, thinking that it matters a lot. Uh, but in the end, I don't feel that it do. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as I generally eat healthy and get my macros properly, I mean, um, I sort of uh found it uh pointless to obsess over um over dieting mm -hmm. because uh i remember learning quite early that dieting is like 80% of uh fitness stuff like this and mm -hmm. such bullshit <laughs> okay I mean, at some point, if you're doing like bodybuilding and you're doing uh, professional sports, uh, then it might be the thing that uh, differentiates you from the other ones in the top level, you know. Um, and it's obviously important to be healthy, like generally, but I don't think that for me, it's not worth obsessing over uh, because actually spending time working out is what's going to to get you there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like uh, a lot of people focus too much on things that matter uh, less. And obviously it does matter to have a, uh, have a good diet. Um, but it's not like uh, having a good diet will make you super strong, super fast. Uh, I mean, working out consistently will make you super strong okay. and dieting will uh, most likely make it um, a bit more efficient mm -hmm. uh, but you you will never it's not like you you can just have a good diet and do one workout a week and that's enough i mean okay um yeah 
Do you have some standards uh, in in eating? Um, I don't know, not eating this and this. Uh, yeah. Uh, based on my own preferences, I do because I uh, notice uh, eating sugars. Uh, I don't feel well, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't perform well. Um, obviously, I eat sugars, but eating like a lot of uh, sugars makes me feel bad. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, so I try to stay away from it. Generally, obviously, I like the the milk chocolate every now and then. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, um, I also notice that I get generally uh, a better energy level and less energy swings when eating more... Uh, no not too much fast carbs mm -hmm. uh, so whole foods in general mm -hmm. uh, and i also don't respond very well to uh to flour like wheat mm -hmm. flour mm -hmm. i get like a bit bloated and uh yeah you know mm -hmm. um so i generally stay away from uh, from bread and stuff like this Uh, also generally like now and it's christmas i'm home at my parents place and they get like new like fresh bread every day and um fresh bread is nice <laughs> so, yeah good for you <laughs> so but uh, yeah it's all like yeah, in a general sense um uh, and every now and then on a sunday i can get some uh, nice bread to to sort of just have a nice sunday breakfast you know but Uh, in a general manner, I, I stay away from from sugars and bread and eat uh, a lot of whole uh, food. Mm -hmm. okay. A lot of eggs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, eggs. Uh, me too. Uh, <laughs> eggs are good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, do you take any supplements? Because people are always um, asking about supplements. No. Good. I no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I do have protein powder available, and sometimes I take it with me when I'm going hiking or uh, when I know that I won't have time to to make a proper meal. Uh, then it can be a nice replacement or addition to, you know, some if I bring some bananas and apple, uh, a couple of eggs and uh, a a small small bag of uh, protein powder uh, then i know i'm set for for the next eight hours um but it's not uh, not like i um like i take two protein shakes a day or something no okay. and also if i i'm in a hurry and i just need something to fill my my stomach with like super fast then it's also a nice alternative but um I generally like making food and mm -hmm. good tasting food. Um, and I think that um, uh, eating proper food is is nice. True. Um, yeah, talking uh, about the next topic, injuries. Uh, what kind of injuries did you have in your career? You're doing a lot of stuff that is really putting a lot of pressure on the wrist, on the shoulders, etc., on the on the elbows. Uh, did you have any injuries? 
Uh, yeah, I always always have an injury. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I didn't have an injury. Okay. Um, I mean, at some point when you're at some level, it's to expect to to get an injury uh, every now and then. Sometimes it's it can be like I pull a muscle and it goes over in a, in a week or so. Uh, I have this weird thing. I always or not always, but uh, often I I pull my lats. Uh, I get this sort of um, sore lats uh, if I, especially if I try doing planches mm-hmm. without warming up. Okay, <laughs> and it's incredible how you how you can do that when you know uh, that this will happen. Even though I've been doing this for nine years, and I'm like, yeah, uh, but. I've had quite a few more serious injuries than that, though. Um, some are actually permanent as well. Um, in a competition in Hong Kong, in I think it was 2015 or 16, um, I, um, I did like a one arm keeping muscle up uh, to a 360 and. Uh, my 360 sort of went a bit wrong. So when I caught the bar, I didn't have didn't have any time to sort of dampen the movement. So I sort mm-hmm. of just oh, okay. got this uh, got this really jerky landing. And uh, because it was in a competition, I I was full of adrenaline and stuff. I didn't really notice it, and I finished, and I actually won the the World Cup stage there. Wow! Uh, so I was like super happy and. I didn't really notice it, but I, I woke up the next morning and both my arms, I couldn't lift them up. Mm. And uh, they were, my shoulders were totally fucked for uh, three months, uh, I think. And ever after that, that's like five years ago, uh, I'm still having pain in my shoulders. So I did a lot of x-rays and MRIs and stuff like this, and it turns out my uh, my um, labrum has broken in uh, in on the back side of the of the joint, mm-hmm. and it's not really. They I, I was told that if it doesn't heal by itself within the first few months, then uh, it won't heal. Uh, so it would need surgery to to heal, but. Luckily for me, it's a very restricted range of motion that hurts for me. Uh, And it's like whenever my elbow is behind my back Mm -hmm. and I need to use my bicep. So, you know, classical sort of uh, Hephaesto movement, right? (laughs) Or or if I do do supinated back levers, I can't do that at all. Uh, It sort of just pinches back here and it Mm -hmm. just, I I lose all, all power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at that time I learned my first Festo like oh. a few months before that and I was never able to train it again <laughs> oh damn it so, because I knew that if I was going to do the operation or the, the sur- surgery then it would take uh, a year to sort of uh, before I could start training properly again and then it would take probably one year more to get back where I was and yeah uh, I, I can definitely live with this. I just need to stay away from that exact uh, movement. And in the end, it sort of turned out 
in a good way also because because I wasn't able to train for Hephaestos, I sort of wanted to train for an alternative. So I started training for inverted muscle ups, mm -hmm. which is also a bicep intense move, right? It's sort of the same, just in front of your body. Yeah. So I don't need to get my elbows in the back here. Mm -hmm. And that way it doesn't hurt my, my shoulders. So uh, I learned that sort of as an alternative. And that's sort of a nice representation of how I deal with injuries because you can always train something. And in my experience, uh, often you just need to sort of uh, alter the exercises in a way that sort of moves around the injury. Mm -hmm. I've had a bunch of, uh, I have this chronic case of uh, tendonitis in my mm -hmm. elbow. So on the outside here, I also had uh, the, the, the golfer's version on the inside. Uh, but mostly it's the the one on the outside that uh, that hits me and uh, at least for four months four or five months each year uh, i struggle with this in the uh, cold but, season oh well uh not necessarily okay uh there's no real pattern uh it just sometimes flares up and i always know what to do because it's uh I, I just need to do different grip variations mm -hmm. uh, for example training one arm pull up is usually triggering this pain mm -hmm. but uh, it's only painful in the bottom motion mm -hmm. if i have a supinated grip mm -hmm. and it's also painful in the top mo in the top ranger motion if mm -hmm. i have a pronated grip okay so i figured doing it on rings where I start with a, yeah. where I start with a with a, pr a supinated a pronated grip and then okay. end up in a then I don't feel the pain at all. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, practicing for planche three sixties uh, at some point, I landed on top of my thumb with my whole body on top of it, sort of. Mm -hmm. And um, I totally fucked up my my thumb or my uh, I don't remember what this joint is called. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I ended up having to have a cast on this and immobilize it for a couple of months. But I figured out that okay, I can't handstand doing this unless I do it on my fists. <laughs> 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 so for two months, I was like doing 90 degree push-ups and handstand push-ups on my fists to 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 sort of walk around the the injury. Wow! And um, I always find a way. And sometimes, if I'm like totally immobilized due to upper body injury, then I'd focus on uh, flexibility and lower body mobility. Uh, so, uh, and many cases, I end up. Uh, learning new things when I'm injured because I have to focus on other things that doesn't hurt. Um, and that's how I also got into training for the one arm handstand push up, um, which was my AC joint that sort of got loose and uh, I couldn't do any uh, horizontal pushing. Uh, it was like one and a half years ago when I was doing a lot of 90 degree push up variations for to to make my handstand pushing uh difficult enough for maximum strength training 
And then I couldn't do any of the horizontal pushing because of this AC joint injury. So I needed to find a way to, because um, vertical pushing didn't hurt at all. So I needed to find a way to make the vertical pushing hard enough. <laughs> so I, I ended up st starting to train towards the, the one-arm handstand push-up, which I'm still doing. and still far away though, but I have <laughs> this uh, dream of uh, doing it one time in the future. Um, so uh, injuries tend to sort of be an eye-opener and also forces me to focus on uh, things that I've been neglecting before. Well, I and, think that's yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's an inspiration for everybody who is uh, dealing with injuries, etc., to just work around it and uh, to be creative and still listen to yeah. your body, I guess. But yeah, uh, I'm not saying that people should yeah. just keep pushing it. Uh, I mean, you, you need to learn to know your body and and to uh, if it hurts, you definitely shouldn't do it, especially if it hurts more after. But just doing nothing uh, is generally not a good idea either because. Uh, depends on the injury if you broke your arm then obviously <laughs> you need to stay still uh, yeah. for for a couple of months but uh, generally um, training is good for recovery uh, you just need to adjust it true nice to sum up we're closely coming to an end of the interview um what are the three main things that you want to give to the listener um to improve his workout and his his results uh stay open-minded and experiment with the uh, with things and um train smart uh be smart when you're injured and um have fun <laughs> yeah nice yes at the end we always have some quick questions quick answers um what do you prefer pizza or burger pizza pizza okay uh, are you a dog or a cat person dog dog okay uh do you have a favorite location for holidays anywhere warm okay <laughs> yeah the 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 german guy the norwegian guy is sitting here in the cold in the winter uh, and dreaming yeah. of i don't know thailand <laughs> and uh, all the all these warm uh, yeah. places <laughs> but i do i do enjoy going to places where i can climb or scuba dive or but you can do that so many places so it's hard to choose <laughs> and you're also doing winter sports right yes uh but that i can do in norway yeah <laughs> that, that's true um yeah you uh do you have a favorite calisthenics athlete somebody or top three uh simon ada simonster mm -hmm. would probably be my my favorite yes okay it's funny he uh he will be the the episode before you uh so uh it will be it will be uh a worthy uh interview guest before uh do you have a favorite book that you want to recommend no <laughs> <laughs> i mean i I'm, i'm doing my phd and i've been studying for so many years now i i never had time to enjoy books that are not uh academic mm -hmm. <laughs> and okay. i mean i could uh, i could 
uh, I mean, I could talk about uh, power engineering book, but uh, that's probably not too interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could only follow one person on Instagram, who would it be? Got you. Uh, I would follow my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. Um, the best calisthenics event you've ever visited? Mm, I, I really enjoyed uh, the World Cup stages in Jermala. Uh, I've been there two or three times, I think. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, we're coming to an end. Um, how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn from you? Yes. Uh, well, Instagram, obviously. Uh, Sandra Berg um, with an underscore in between. Um, but I also started a YouTube channel quite recently, so there's not too much content yet, but um, there is more coming. There's already quite a lot, but, um, and I also have my website, which is uh, bergmovement.com, uh, where you can get access to uh, some recorded follow-along classes, uh, mostly for beginners, uh, um, but also people who want to get sort of an insight into how I structure the workouts and what I focus on uh, when training strength movement. There's some handstanding there too. And I have this handstand course on the Graphy app, which can also be found on my website, just clicking through the links uh, on, on my website there. Great. We will also put all the links in the description. So everybody who wants to check out your uh, crazy videos on you uh, on Instagram, your new content on YouTube or your website and the app, um, everything is in the description. Thanks a lot for your time, Sandra. I am really happy that Thank we... You that we realized this and uh, thanks for everyone uh, listening till the end and also uh, asking to interview you um, because it was a really insightful interview, um, different kind of athlete, different kind of training um, method. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone listening to this over an hour um, of, of content. And if you like this episode, give it a thumbs up, give it a comment uh, who should be interviewed next. Thanks for your support. And Sandra, you can say goodbye to everyone and you have the last word. All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And um, thanks to all. Uh, the listeners, if you manage to listen through this uh, <laughs> hour of uh, endlessly talking. Uh, but um, yeah, I hope you find uh, found some uh, good uh, lessons and some inspiration. And feel free to send me personal messages on Instagram. I usually answer uh, everyone um, if you have any particular questions and check out my courses and stuff like this. Uh, I'm just getting started with my business. So um, all support is uh, appreciated and you can expect much more uh, to come in the future. <laughs>